Welcome back to the Pixel Then. I'm Dan, your host, and my co-host here is Seabass. How you doing, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, another week, another time watching all these shows, all these movies. Let's talk. We have a lot to talk about, Dan. Yeah, totally. So I give you homework. Last time. You keep giving me homework yes. and uh, recommendations, and yet mine are just like, you know, in the shelf in your back mind. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yes. Russian Doll season one. All right. So you did watch it. Yes. Should I tell the audience? Just skip okay. 20 minutes. Uh, uh, they don't want to split. Sure. They watch it. I mean, it's been right, out we'll, for we'll... about four years now. But uh, yeah, so this will be, uh, I guess, the spoiler section of it. So, so Russian Doll, to me, it's not a Groundhog Day show. No? Okay. Not to me. Okay. Uh, at least that was my impression of it. Mm-hmm. All right. This is my opinion. And everyone's entitled to opinion. I didn't view it as a Groundhog Day because the rules for me in that universe seem to be very, very flexible, you know, in terms of the way the resetting of the days and, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a newer, it's a fresher take mm-hmm. on uh, mm-hmm. the Groundhog's Day model because uh, things are different every time. Yeah. Yeah. And things are aging. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. constantly the universe mm-hmm. is in sync. Like, thing, you know, you notice with the fruit and stuff. Y- you had said that I didn't need to see season two, season one standalone. I'm not so sure, at least from my opinion. Like, really? There are a lot of things that for me were left unanswered or I didn't get. And I'm usually, I'm very observant because I knew this is one of those shows that you pay attention to the details. Like, we should also, not to interrupt here, we should, so just a real recap of what Russian Doll is. It's a Netflix show. I've been told on the notes that we should explain some of the shows that we're talking about. Um, <laughs> so essentially, um, it came out, I believe, in 2017 or 2018? 2019 it came out. 2019. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it came out right, right before, before the COVID, pandemic. Right yeah. before the lockdown. Okay, yeah. cool. And it essentially takes, it's, it's a, the trailer premise of it is that it's a Groundhog's Day where a woman is, it's in the middle of the night, in the middle of her birthday. And 36th she's, birthday. Her 36th birthday. And it just kind of does the Groundhog's Day for the first episode where she goes through her life and then poof, she dies and then wakes up at the same party, repeats. But it's not Bill Murray, you know, it's... Natasha Leone yeah, uh, from American am- Pie fame. Uh, and she's amazing in the, the show. She, she was phenomenal. She, they, and she, she also wrote and directed yes it was basically her show it, yeah that. essentially her I show think amy, amy poehler i saw in yep. the yeah she's too. part she, of it too she's yeah she's like exec producer yep. or something mm-hmm. yeah. and same with the season two mm-hmm. and essentially it's just about her kind of figuring out what's going on but it like it breaks some of the traditional groundhog's day-esque themes right you know because it's not just the single day she's not dying on the same day sometimes she's going like a week she can survive she, the day basically you know Although she she definitely died in unbelievable ways. Yes, uh, yes. Like, uh, I mean, you got like what ten episodes, and you got to figure out how to kill her like thirty yeah, times. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny how the she. Bees, like, yeah, I thought it was funny how she avoided certain deaths. Like she was so scared to go downstairs that she took the fire escape. That was actually pretty funny. But yeah, there are certain like deaths that are like I'm not so sure she would be totally dead from that. She could be injured. Uh, yeah, but I like the the premise of the show where it's like the main character is like this bohemian character. Like she's mm-hmm. not like Bill Murray, who's like yeah. I mean, the whole point of a Groundhog's Day story is like it's a jerk or a dickhead, and then they proceed to become a good person. Mm-hmm. Like she's always kind of a good person, but she was kind of just always an asshole. Well, she she definitely had personal demons which rear their head throughout the season. Yeah, I don't want to get into details. Yeah, that's to spoil it, yeah, it for yeah. the audience. But she's also charismatic. She's funny. It's like a jerk. She's also like. a little self-aware. I would I would argue. Yeah, of her stuff. her dialogue is really like the dialogue. Yeah, the, the, the writing's really great and. At a certain point in the story, you're also swept into another 
type of story. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. I guess. Can you I, can go, like, you that's can the be, most yeah. uh, spoiler-free version I can say about that. So the it's not just about her. Let's leave it at that. No, and there's other characters, and yeah. you know they do some cool twists with it. But so, so let me ask you something because mm-hmm. I didn't see season two, even though it popped up right away. Mm-hmm. The ending of season one, I was like, oh, there's definitely one more episode, and then I was like, oh wait, season two yeah starts yeah the way it ends you're like oh okay which is why i i think there were definitely so that's why season two doesn't there's no like continuation answers in season two it's a different see that's what i was worried about because because i don't i'm trying to figure out like loose ends it's it's because i can't think of any loose ends that were in that show um then again there's there's a certain point in the story where everything it resets resets yes yeah, it kind of yeah, like kind of like, like and it this, kind of like for lack of a better yeah. word, splits. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. What was the definite cause of that? Well, they explain that in the show. Uh, I think whatever I feel like they kind of pseudo explain why that happened. The next season doesn't deal with. It's not a um, See, season two I, is time travel. It's not. Um, yeah, I was trying to because you know, and there's definitely enough clues where you could see where the story is progressing, and like you can kind of figure out, I guess a metaphoric reason of what's happening to to her and the world around her i got most of it but there there's a certain shift in the story the tone changes too the tone like, changes not so much in your face telling you the story you have to kind of figure it out yeah and, it's, and yeah. I, I i get the shift mm-hmm. you know i get that but there are certain parts of it like to summarize basically i really love the first six mm-hmm. or seven episodes I really loved that because yeah. I thought it was going towards a certain way and, yeah, and I was going to yeah. I was going to buy into that mm-hmm. and then the shift I keep calling it the shift because again I don't want to spoil it for you guys I think you should definitely watch it I really enjoyed it I love the dialogue I love the story and the intricate things that they keep changing so it's not just basically she's repeating the same day yeah it doesn't get bored like they do a very yes. good job of not making it repetitive I like because you're kind of going through the motions with it and then like, she gets into the elevator and like it just the flips shift. and that's the shift that, that's and you're shift. like <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, they're telling Everyone, Everyone's like, what is this yeah, shit? I know. Well, watch it's, it's, it. And yeah, you'll watch it and you'll know. We're um, more, this is more of like a companion So the ending, I'm a little... Old. I'm not going to say the ending's bad. I'm just saying I was left personally like maybe no i was too like i'm not i, I agree with you like there was a part where i was like i don't I feel infer, I like i completed this like yes. i feel like but you kind of do and i think that was kind of the point i, I guess I, I i understand a conclusion to one aspect of the story mm-hmm. that i get there's another one that i'm kind of iffy about that i guess we'll talk off air to mm-hmm. as as we okay. spoil ourselves mm-hmm. yeah but i enjoyed it and then you gave me another recommendation, a video game yes. recommendation. So did I enjoy this? So uh, it was uh, you gave me the recommendation, Hotline Miami. Yeah, which is uh, actually it's a relatively older game now. Um, uh, it came out in like 2013. Yeah, and then its sequel came out in 2015. You gotta understand when that game came out, it blew up the fucking video game world as it should. Because um, it was like an indie made by like two guys and like their and their love of like those type of arcade action games and the music. Uh, I can see two reasons why. The music, 100%. Yeah. It's my new workout mix. <laughs> I told you it was going to be. No. It oh, was that's great. on my Bo- car ride. Both, both games. Oh, yeah. Um, that's when I'm like, when I, I need I to put the, the headphones one, and like, ignore yeah, work for a yeah, minute. Like, yeah. I, everyone needs to shut up at Great work. Soundtrack. I, I pop Just that look on. up on YouTube, like, Hotline Miami mm-hmm. soundtrack for the first and second game. Yeah. That's your workout mix. That's your, like, Absolutely. you know, cool, chill vibes. It's, got, it's like a house mix, like, with the mix of techno. And like, just, 80s yeah. synth, too. Yeah, but it's very modern. modern. It's got a lot of decent, you know. Um, and apparently, Russians love that game for some reason. I, I, was, re- I was doing research the music. on the game. It's the music. Yeah, so. 
It's I super can see, popular. I can it's see on every console. Aspect. It's on everything. And it's, despite me raging every other time playing you know, the game, that game will do. Because um, it's hard. It's, 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 it's hard. It's, it's hard because it's not your basic shooter. Because Dan, uh, help me out here. The game is set in like a frame. It's a top-down. Top-down. That's uh, thank you, Dan. <laughs> pixel art style arcade yeah. shooter, but yeah. it's also a mix of like a roguelike puzzle. where you can get shot from someone off-frame, and that's totally fine. And then you curse because now you have to start the level all over again. Yeah. And you you better hope you catch that checkpoint. Essentially, I don't want. I don't want to get yeah, into it. the character. <laughs> like essentially, the game is like you play this kind of pseudo um, assassin, assassin, and you're just kind of running around the city, and you're taking these missions, and every mission you get essentially you go into this house and it's like an isometric uh, view so you're looking at like a top down into this like pixelated little house and like with their guards their guard dogs their civilians there's weapons you can like yeah. you change it up and like you have to kill everybody in the place but think like very 80s hard. john wick in miami essentially <laughs> that's what it is and then they you have to who um but you only have you only get one life, and you only can only take one hit. So you have to be. I think it's, you're it's not. A, it's a it's a you're twin not punished for shooter. dying though. Uh, it's all no. about. There's no. And, it's meant to be replayed over and over again. And I made this mistake. I beat I beat both games. Oh, uh, somehow that was quick. <laughs> uh, somehow because two gets really hard, like to the point where the major fan base was upset with them. So when let me they made let me ask you that level didn't... that you said took you an hour was it the docks? Uh, Do you remember at all the docks? Um, that was the level that took me an hour. No, um, the one uh that took no, it, it took me more than an hour. That initial run took an hour to play, but I think it took me like three or four hours of just sitting there trying to beat this one goddamn level. It's the one where you get the uh the twin machine guns for the first time. It's the like the revenge time. mission. You like you go and like that's that music uh mob coasters like playing in the background. Oh, that's that the demo. Whether it's yeah. the vid- the level I showed you, that one took me. Yeah, like when they're going hours. to the roof. Yeah, yeah. that. Was f- it's hard. It's a hard game. It's not. It's it's up there with like Dark Souls. Be nice and calm, Spash. And be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting flashbacks to like me. Oh, it's a rage game. It's yeah. Uh, but the, the the saving grace is that the loads are instant. So as soon as you die, you're back in it. Yeah. Like it's there's like no sitting you can, there. Uh, you can definitely find your revenge very quickly, <laughs> repeatedly, repeatedly, and repeatedly. Also, the hell with the dogs in that game. Um, well, there's that mask that I always use that uh, made in the dogs. first one. Yeah, in the, the second, second one, one you, all, there, you gotta yeah. kill those dogs, yep. man. And I, the the mistake I made is it's intended to finish level fast. Yes. I took my fucking slow ass yeah, time. That's so why I kept getting like C's, Everybody does you know? that. And then you get like horrible grades and it gets harder. Yeah. So the, the faster hard you get. Too, which is like, yeah. Talk to me in like two years when I'm bored. Exactly. <laughs> That's like the point of that game is like to get in quick and get out quick. But people like, because if you stop your momentum, that's when like the game gets really hard. Yeah, but uh, I told you it was a it's a great little no, indie it was, game. No, it was man. it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I I despite me raging a lot, I yeah. definitely enjoyed it. I I love the puzzle slash shooting aspect of it because like yeah. a lot of shooters, they've uh, there's some clones like, out there too. Some other games have come out since then. There's one that takes place is very much like a John Wick type game. Super uh, hot. Well, not super hot. Super hot's <laughs> a different game. No, that's um, a lot of fun. Super Hot is a fun game. Uh, where is it? Came out. Uh, Ruiner. Is Ruiner. Pretty good. But yeah. Ruiner. Platforms or same system, but it's not pixel art. It's modern graphics. Okay. Um, it's like a cyberpunkish style. So you're kind. Okay. You're not in Bangkok. You're in Regcock, right? You know that's the name of the city. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's essentially it's a top-down shooter, just like in okay. Miami. But that one is not as polished. The soundtrack is not as good. But if you're kind of you know tweaking Itching for, for uh, more. Uh, yeah. 
type of hot, yeah hotline miami top-down shooter stuff ruiner you should definitely yeah. take a look at no i mean both of your recs i think i even have a yeah copy both of your recommendations your homework i did and i enjoyed mm-hmm. i'm I have, actually glad you did it yeah no of course there's i want to add three things to your list whenever you can get to it yeah. uh, obviously our schedules are very different <laughs> one is a show on hbo Mm-hmm. Uh, it's second season is wrapping up soon. It's called Industry. That's actually on my queue to watch. Great. I I've seen the trailers Great. and I'm like, this seems like something I could definitely be into. Great. Because the past episode this past Monday, because it airs every Monday, mm-hmm. I will actually watch it live. Who would thunk it? Was awesome. And I think the, the second season has been revving up. I think it's better than the first season, actually. But I think you would enjoy Industry. So I'm glad that's on your queue. And the next show I wanted to see is, it's funny because one of the actors in Russian Doll, the guy that played Mike, the redheaded guy, mm-hmm. that basically slept with every woman. That yeah, yeah, the dickhead, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, where have I seen this guy before? He's he, in a bunch of stuff. He's a character actor. The He's one thing I definitely remember him from is The Nick. Have you ever seen The Nick? I loved The Nick. Awesome. I okay. got really sick one- I'm like, surprised we haven't talked about that. Okay, I remember that movie. Uh, that movie, uh, that was a, it was, it's not around anymore, but The Nick was a Showtime show. Cinemax. Sorry, Cinemax show. Cinemax. So, you know, no one ever watches those, but it had Clive Owen in it. And I was like, okay, I'm down. Yeah. And yeah, I remember watching, I was, shit, I wasn't even married yet. Uh, or I just gotten married when that show came it out. It came out in like 2014. So the Nick mm-hmm. takes place in essentially New York, the Nick, which is uh, which the is an New old uh, hospital in 1800s. Yeah, pretty much at the turn Give of the century, take. like in the before there's like blood types and anesthesia, and it deals with like a doctor who's essentially a heroin addict, played by Clive Owen. Duh. By Clive Owen, Dumb and man. it's one of those shows that I wish wasn't on Cinemax because if that was on FX. Or if that was on AMC or HBO, it would have gotten a lot it, farther. It suffers from like poor timing. You're right, because like I think because you know Steven Soderbergh was yeah. the man behind that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's going to be a third season. That'd be really cool. And the director of Moonlight, Barry Jenkins, mm. is taking over. Because that was really a show that should have gone farther than it did. And like obviously, Clive Owen kills it, but introduced me to there's another actor. He's like a black guy trying to be a doctor in this yeah, like, so they have, white yeah uh, in hospital. the worst possible time yeah. to be in america and uh Uh, the actor's name is andre holland yes um he was in moonlight too which makes sense that barry jenkins is kind of really yeah he he's essentially he's a he's an english doctor who comes over to new york to go to the nick was a famous hospital in in manhattan i think it's actually still around but at the time they called it the nick and he comes over here whereas like europe was a slightly a little bit more liberal Mm -hmm. um and manhattan in the turn of the century is mm -hmm. definitely not okay for a black man to be a doctor there's definitely a character, a racist doctor there that um, gives him a hard time. But he's he was awesome in that too. It also uh, had from YouTube Bono's daughter. She's actually Eve Houston, really oh really good in that. She's show. amazing. I think that was her first. That, I think think movie. that was, and I remember watching it. it, and I was like, holy shit! Like she's got some chops, man. She can, you know, she's gonna do okay. Yeah. No. So all right, you watch that crud. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But that was great. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. Beat you that. What about? On Netflix, Archive 81. Have you seen that yet? Archive 81. No. What is that? All right. So Archive 81, it's on Netflix. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like there's going to be season two, which sucks. Because it's Netflix. Because it's Netflix, They don't renew their shit. It is. I want to describe it as a... Is it that horror thing with the basement? You kept telling me about the basement. I'm thinking of something else. I'm sorry. I actually, there is a basement thing. Yes. But I don't know if it's. Wait, is this like the guy who's like editing audio yes. clips or something? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I've heard okay. you. So I think you've mentioned it when you first started watching it. Yeah. Right? I, um, 
I thought that was a great show, and I'm kind of sad that I think it's going to be picked up somewhere else. Usually, shows that are that good get picked up by like now. Hulu or that's FX. the thing I do really like about with it's it's one of the saving graces of all these streaming services, which mm-hmm. we can get into why there's way too many, um, mm-hmm. and they're doomed to fail because the market cap's not increasing. <laughs> I mean, my former Disney CEO Bob Iger recently said that there's only going to be like four or five main players. Eventually they're going to buy all the money and up, then and the rest It's already just, starting to happen. I mean, it, yeah, exactly. What is it? H- uh, HBO and Discovery are already merging. And yeah, I think that's cuz the problem is is the market cap for there's only so many people who can subscribe to a streaming exactly. service and we know who all of them are. There's no new people subscribing. No. And so if you, if when you, you keep adding, yeah. when you keep adding, so what I was getting to is like when you keep adding services, you're just prying because there's the joke, right? Everybody has a Netflix account, and then it's you pick your your other two. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. me, I'm a new dad, right? So I obviously have Netflix and I have HBO because ironically they have every Sesame Street episode, and yeah. I have Disney Plus. You gotta have Disney Plus. Now I happen to have because of what we do and what I'm interested in. I have almost all of the streaming services. And it's a lot of money. But essentially, but most people, if they don't, you know, I mean, there's also a ton more cord cutters now, but people are cutting the cord, not because they hate the cable channels and stuff like that. They just don't want to pay a hundred bucks a month for three shows every three months. Which is hilarious because... But they'll spend... Spread out, it's going to equal a hundred exactly. bucks. Exactly. So <laughs> it's like, like, come on, what are we doing here? It's like everybody, I always find other like people have like, then you, you have the account you're borrowing. Friends, we're all friends here. And essentially, you know, it's like what I say, there's, <laughs> two, there's two types of people. There's people who have Netflix accounts and people who pay for Netflix accounts. Yeah. Like, Or you, you have know. like your parents uh, have a satellite yeah. subscription and that gives yeah. you access to HBO. Oh, dude, I have, know? I think I get Hulu through my cell phone provider. Mm-hmm. Who else do I have? I think I get one. I have HBO through a friend, but I also have HBO myself. I have it, but I've never logged into it because my friends is logged into mine. So I'm bo- I, I have my so friends log in. Friend? What a great friend, Dan. No, <laughs> no, I'm actually paying for my own, but I've never logged into it. And I is it use- because the algorithm is so set on the other one and not your own? Kinda. <laughs> I don't want to. Listen, bro. My- I get it. No, because like, do you know how? Like, you have to I specifically only use my wife's youtube account because that's where we watch all the coco melon and i don't want it fucking up my algorithm on youtube on my account god forbid you mix that with and everyone's like all right dan let me see youtube like actually my uh (laughs) my treat to myself is that i a couple months back because we have the kid and you know you know it's all the the youtube kids videos and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i treated myself to youtube premium bro there's no going back no commercials. Oh my god! No ads. It's fucking weird to watch. Like it's how much is that a month? You it's know? actually pretty high for you. It's fifteen bucks a month. Get the fuck. Out and of you here. don't get YouTube TV with it. You just get straight. But you can download the YouTube. You also get access to their music service. You know, ad free stuff, all that crap. I mean, um, it's a matter of preference. They'll probably don't call me on this, but they'll probably add more to that service because to make it, it is worth expensive. It, worth the fifty. It's Come like on, the most expensive one next to Netflix, which is like twenty bucks now. But you're also getting not much it's except crazy. for but no commercials. It's pretty sweet since now. Like I didn't care when I was like always on my laptop and stuff because you have ad blockers and stuff like that. But now, like primarily, YouTube is on my phone or on the TVs, and also I couldn't just stand the commercials. I just I was done with them. So well, you don't want like Prilosec or you know. Uh... <laughs> no. Well, what happened? It got to the point where the kid would throw a fit when there's a commercial because everyone, if you watch a lot of YouTube, like in a long stretch, it doesn't just do one thirty second clip. No. It'll do like a two minutes of YouTube commercials. It'll go like four ads. Straight. Yeah, straight. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you got a pissed off kid. 
and you got to hit the I need to calm this kid down button. So we need some fucking Coco Melon up in this bitch. Um, <laughs> you know, I got to know what JJ's doing, bro. Okay. <laughs> Parents listening know that is really funny. But yeah, so essentially that's what I think with like the streaming services is that there's just, I mean, everyone has said this. This is not some like edge case thing. Like there's too many of them. And like you said, Bob Iger said that is like eventually what's going to happen is the big ones are just yeah. going to buy up the rest. He, and he's actually, it. and he's not wrong. Yeah. And I read the same, the same article that said he was actually shocked that Apple TV and Amazon are having the success that they're having. Me now. too. I'm actually shocked. Um, because they're, they're getting good hits. Like they're getting mm-hmm. Emmy nominated hits. We'll talk about the Emmys in a sec. Mm-hmm. They're getting big budgeted stuff. Obviously the Rings of Power. Lord of the Rings well, that's like the thing. Out. Like I laugh when, I mean, Amazon's got Amazon money. They just print money. That so they can lose money. So baby. the fact that they don't have more hits blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Because I think like when Game of Thrones was at its peak, the myth is that Bezos went in and said, get me the next Game of Thrones. And they just went and bought a bunch of IPs to stuff. And most of it never got made. Like I know I was get, I was originally really excited, but they canceled that they were going to make the Dark Tower series by Stephen King into a show. Mm-hmm. And that is some of his best writing. And it's a really good story. Mm-hmm. That got next. They got Wheel of Time out. I think they were going to do, I think they bought a bunch of others and like they didn't just take they sent you, uh, Lord of the, when they bought the Tolkien stuff yeah. the movie rights anyway I can totally see how that was even to be purchased because New Line Cinema they got all the blood out of that stone there, there's nothing left that they can get out uh, of that and they're New like Line sure Cinema. how many 90s movies had New Line Cinema all of them. that logo all man. of them but it's, those were the days but it was like alright we, we got Lord of the Rings then we got the extended editions then we got the Hobbit and then the extended editions of the Hobbit they're like we got nothing left on this yeah sure you want to take it from us go ahead oh you're going to do a prequel go ahead but yeah I'm also surprised that Apple TV didn't fold. It's, no, I think the I success, thought that was going to drop the first season, like the first. I, like, I think the morning show, Ted Lasso. Like I the, did give Ted Lasso a try, and I did find it funny. I just it fell, it fell away. Like no, that happens too. Like yeah. a lot of times, I'll I'll be really invested in a show, but like because of time, and, and I I didn't I don't know if a new season came out yet, I'll lose interest. No, but obviously the success of Ted Lasso, the morning show. I don't know if the Jason Momoa thing is any good. It um, keeps getting. I mean, it's like one. I think it's, it's just, got three seasons. It's so, ending. Hey. I know, but like apparently um, kept going. I was like, all right. What else? Did, uh, the M Night Shyamalan show with the one with the doll, the little boy. Yeah, doll. that's that's a that's that, really that had a couple one. seasons out of it too. So like they're they're getting stuff out, and mm-hmm. obviously because of its connection with an Apple service with your phone and all that stuff, like it it's easily accessible. And you they know. did, and then they got they jumped into the movie realm because I know they got Tom Hanks's movie, The Greyhound. Which was a really good World War II movie. Yeah, they're, they're starting so to get Tom movies Hanks, Yeah, now. but Tom Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks had I think written The Greyhound, and then I remember they picked it up because like COVID happened. And, it's, uh, it's funny you mentioned Tom Hanks. I saw a little bit of Elvis last night, and he's like in prosthetics, and yeah, I'm just like, bro, Sam can't not. She's been bro. saying nothing but great things about that, so I have to give that that a go. Oh jeez. Uh, well, good luck. Yeah, I didn't I finish Elvis mm-hmm. because and we'll, we'll talk also, about that. She's a also bit. an audiophile too, so she gets like her her level of appreciation yeah, it's, for it's music is on a level. As on a biblical level and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So, did you watch the Emmys? I primetime Emmys that a recently. A little bit yeah. of it. I I gotta I gotta think about award shows, but I did give it a go for a little bit. I thought I, I thought, think it's kind of I think it's kind of dead in this climate. To be honest with you, I know. I think it's been dying. I don't think anyone. I think a, the general population is kind of done with the patting on the back of celebrities, especially what's going on yeah. and what's gone on in the past few years. That I think people, the breads and circuses of that 
it doesn't really do the way that it used to. As as one person put it to me, it's a fashion show now. Like mm-hmm. people with the red carpet. You well, you know that's how the wearing, Oscars started, right? You know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, they, they, but, they, they, they didn't want to give it wasn't as much of an emphasis as it progressed, and now it's kind of shifting back because the ceremony itself is dull and bland. And but I thought everyone that won was expected to win. There weren't too many craziness. Yeah, I mean, was- you know, HBO is obviously pulling up a lot of good stuff still. But here's the thing with um award shows like the Emmys, right? Now, Emmys always played like second class or second fiddle to the Oscars, right? Yeah. But we are in the, or at the tail end anyway. It's starting to kind of trickle down now of like the golden age of television. Like we're kind of past it now. It's starting to kind of go back to a lot. There's just so much. People are kind of losing things. But even with some of the best TV that has ever been made. Yeah. Yeah, I know the where you're going viewership of the Emmys is at its worst it's ever been. Yeah. It's a combination of factors. It's host that's not as engaging. Who's the host? Uh, was it Kenan Thompson? Yeah, it was Kenan Thompson. So. A host, the actual process, it's too long. It's Our award shows have always been too long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's essentially I mean, you're watching Super a Bowl, bunch. The Super Bowl is three hours and it's majority of commercials. The Oscars is three and a half hours. It's three hours. And it's just like, come on. Like it's. I also think, too, a lot of people... I think a lot of street cred from celebrities bottomed out in the past couple of years. Yeah. How COVID happened and yeah. then with like them getting into politics and their and their ideologies and it's you know, I'm not a celebrity hater by any means, but it's very much people don't really care as much about Yeah, when they give messages in their speeches, like, we get what you stand for and blah, blah, blah. But well, Ricky Gervais said it the best. He was like, celebrities don't have a right. They have no leg to stand on when it comes to preaching to people. You know, it's... I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because as much as we admire these people's work, who are you to be like the ambassador or the one to tell us to, you know, do certain things? You're obviously entitled to your opinion. I'm not saying that, but... It looks kind of smug there's that great south park episode where george clooney's smug is like a cloud trying to uh, it's essentially smog yeah (laughs) yeah it's really funny and i always think of that too and clooney to his credit ran with the joke he actually was he's very self-aware he he voiced the dog that's really uh, good yeah in later episodes Um, but i think of that like translates to these award shows that people don't care anymore because that's how the oscars started they wanted a raise and they're like just give them an award instead and that's how essentially it started oh Um, old hollywood man also too i mean some of the most memorable movies are not the best picture of the year well it's funny i i read somewhere that better call saul which is universally praised has not won an emmy since it started Mm -hmm. and that just goes to show you like who are these people choosing the winners you know yeah i felt the same way for oscars for many times oscars sometimes get it right and then sometimes like when they killed it with Parasite I was like oh my god you actually mm-hmm. paid attention and chose the best movie of the year and other times it's just like well this movie was made to win the Oscars so of course it's gonna win the yeah because there's always like you know the Oscar bait movies where mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah it's a biopic or it's mm-hmm. like you know something about Hollywood I saw the trailer for the new uh, Damien Chazelle <sighs> how you say his last the guy that did Whiplash and La La Land <laughs> <laughs> that guy yes. his new movie and I'm like oh this is Oscar bait 101 mm-hmm. you know yeah. with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie oh yeah Babylon you're talking about Babylon, right? yeah, yeah. The trailer just dropped. Although the on that me- one. the jazz music kind of, I was, no, it I was with it. it. Hits, I was it with hits, it, man. I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch it. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, but no Emmys and award show in general, it's a dying breed, and I don't have a desire to watch them anymore. I mean, I'll, I'll check the winners, but, but the, I remember, dude, when the Oscars like came out when I was thing. a kid, it was a big deal. It everyone was, wants everyone, to watch in the household. I mean, yeah. 
it was like a big event and then you because you got excited you were hoping for the movie you liked and mm-hmm. you know I remember one year I, I went to a, an Oscar viewing party they had those still in, they uh, still have them but yeah I remember a buddy but, of and ours goes like to one poll. every year yeah. and like the poll and you do that yeah. you know but it's, I won one year yeah no that's definitely uh, what's going with award shows I think it's just it's a lot of different things also there's since there's so much content now yeah like I was like I remember when it came to the Oscar season I had already seen all the contenders you saw all the movies yeah now like right before the pandemic like the last few years when I started start slowing down following the Oscars and stuff I used to use that as alright what do I need to see now yes instead of I remember watching the Oscars like I, I can every one of every documentary yeah like the animated shorts like I had seen all of it then it, then I would use the Oscars alright so what's being nominated for best picture and best director okay and best screenplay those were yeah. always my big three I never cared about the the, the, the acting stuff mm-hmm. I was like alright who, who's the best writer who's the best director and give me the best movie alright I'll watch those five movies and they always wind up being like the same five yeah and you know what's so funny like I get screeners during Oscar seasons to for all these movies we watch them together right yeah uh, anyway I actually, get screeners actually we did yeah <laughs> we actually you did yeah. yeah and even though i get all the screeners for all the movies that are being nominated i don't have a desire to watch all of them yeah even though i could argue i, I can make us be getting older too yeah like our tastes are starting to kind of be yeah cemented and in when now you see the same old like you said oscar bait movies and the same old type of it just doesn't ring as like a desire to watch them anymore you know oh it's like because there's there's so many movies where i'm just i like, don't know okay. why i have to see another biopic like it's i'm getting so tired of biopics even though that's I, what i'm actually excited about about the uh, the Weird Al biopic because he's making fun of biopics. It looks fun. Like when I saw the trailer, I was dying laughing, and I'm like, okay, so I, I don't know the history. Did he actually go out? I don't with think he did. I don't think. Or he is ever that just did something that they're doing for the movie? Like, I think that is. Something I was so curious because I actually asked, asked I, my brother. I, I, I was like, I'm not did, lie. did he? Did he? I, I totally googled that shit and I couldn't find it. Like people were like, did he? Because I'm like, first off, I'm like, because I was watching the trailer and I'm like, oh cool, because I was like. You know, Daniel Radcliffe is playing fucking weird. I was gonna be great, and then like I'm watching the trailer, and I'm like, wait a minute, did he, he ever do did any he hook of this? Up with Madonna? I'm like, <laughs> and then a part of me is like, he hooked up with Madonna, good for fucking him. Madonna at her peak too, like like yeah, a like virgin. Yeah, Madonna. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I mean, not not that she's not peaking now, but it's like that she's, is she's still that's really when it. she be, yeah. I mean, she like you know became megastar, you know. And she's being played by um Evan Rachel Wood, which is uh, perfect, perfect for that. casting. Uh, but then like I see him like shredded on stage and getting like going to drugs. I'm like. <laughs> But the weird out like the guy with the girls and the and the, the accordion. You know, Ratcliffe is one of those actors, and I, I put Robert Pattinson in the same thing. Where like they became known for like this one movie yeah. series, but they've made a career. Post I love host, but I also that. love the careers they've decided to make. Yes. it's very much like I am. They not, could have like phoned it in and just do for more the rest of, of the their career. They could have, and yeah. they would have gotten like tons. But it's like, especially Radcliffe is my favorite because it's like he made boatloads of money. Dude, the what, three of those those kids never need to work, and I like that Emma Watson. She does a lot of activism now. She does like a lot. Like she went to school. And she yeah, got, yeah. You know, but he, I love that he just decided to do weird movies. Dude, what was that? one movie where he's like a dead body Swiss Army Man yes it's like batshit crazy like and then another one where he's like getting horns what I think it's called horns horns I saw yeah. it. I watched it with Sam yeah I read the book wild like, wild it's choices weird, but, but I love it because yeah. it's like all right same thing with Patson I mean he's doing those like and he surprised me because he even said probably he's like he should never did the Twilight movies and all the other stuff but like he was one of those guys like talk about the self-confidence to know oh I did Twilight I'm gonna do real movies now I'm gonna do this stuff and oh people don't think I can act they think I'm just a pretty boy fuck you here and let's go and like he did a Nolan movie man <laughs> like it's like you he know, did Nolan movies he did Lighthouse he did Lighthouse um, was I love what was that Lighthouse. one uh, Good Good Times Good Boy oh, fuck 
where he plays like a gangster. Um, shit. Someone in who's listening knows what I'm talking about. He's got like blonde hair. Blonde hair. He's got blonde hair. He's doing his best New York accent. <laughs> sure. Remem- uh, not remember me, right? No, good time. Like good times. Uh, good time. Good time. 17. Good time. Yeah. I mean, also don't forget, he's now Batman. And a good Batman. I enjoyed that. A very good Batman. Batman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what I really like when you start to see like that kind of, like what actors do and that kind of stuff. That's, yeah. Like I, I think, you know, Ratcliffe, Patson, and others are breaking the mold of what they were known for and yeah. continuing their careers in a I very I mean, even like Jennifer way. Lawrence, like she, you could see her slowly going down that path with like the Hunger Games stuff. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's she, slow this down. Let's do Silver Lang's playbook. Let's start doing some of these yeah. other stories. Stories, you yeah. know um, I know she just had a kid so I, I yeah, guess she she's, she's taking a break from acting because I haven't seen her in a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. so when she comes back she's kicking down the door yeah. like it's yeah. you know yeah so should we go into our sure. spicy topics All right. so we're gonna I'm gonna preface this real quick just mm-hmm. as a kind go of ahead. a uh, this is not to make fun or attack people's views in any way these are just our opinions this is a safe place so I just want to make it out there that this is not meant to belittle the work these people have done but the topic for the main cast tonight is going to be controversial takes and it's gonna be just the things that we kind of where we decide because we're kind of I mean we're pretty going with the flow with a lot of like sure media like that you sure. know we're, we're you know we're praising some of the movies that are obviously like good like you know what i mean oh no the movie no no shit they're good you know what i mean so yeah. this is kind of our un- pivot if you will. slightly unpopular opinions and some of them are just like stupid stuff that we just like cringeworthy movies like i know someone who genuinely likes the room yeah tell no, me hold apart, on lisa he, now i I mean, what I mean the room by is he, great when you're drunk. No, what I mean by he's he likes it. He genuinely will watch it because he wants to. Not to make fun of it. Not to get high and just like laugh. Like he watches it because he thinks it's a good movie. Boy. And my whole crew destroy him because of this. Yeah. Because they're like he generally like, no, it's like a good movie. We're like no, it's literally one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah. Have you seen the parody movie? I love the parody um, movie. James Franco. I more hilarious. importantly loved the trailer to that parody yeah. movie. It was yeah. very good. Yeah. So essentially, this is just going to be some of our more. Um, I'm also too like some of our embarrassing takes, like things that we yeah, kind of. I, I think what we should. I, we have a mutual friend who openly says he loves. I think it's the Step It Up movies. Yes, and I'm yeah. just like okay, like my wife unapologetically. I think they bond over that. Yes, they do. <laughs> unapologetically <laughs> loves. Oh, what's the one with the with the step dance up battles? The game. Uh, it's uh, like the Step Up movies. It's another one where it's like oh whatever. Yeah, it's like one of the like just those corny. Ass, the same like, friend dance. is pissed off right now listening to. Oh, he's so <laughs> like you don't know the. Titles? What's wrong with you guys? Yeah, I know. He's like tweaking bad. <laughs> so why don't we do this? Why don't you pick some of my bad takes and so then I, I'll pick one of you. So I was you. thinking that. So this is the problem with me and you is that we, agree uh, we kind of agree because like... <laughs> I okay, so you think this is a cringe movie, and I want to disagree with you. I do not think this is a cringe movie. I think this is actually a tentpole of the genre. Wow. Okay, which one? The Fifth Element. Yeah. Okay, I do not think that is a cringe movie. Nor do I, but many people do. I know people hate that movie, <laughs> but it is one of the only science fiction movies that's not Star Wars that people know about. I think for better if or worse. If it's not Star Trek or Star for Wars. Better or worse, I guess. It's something that's new. Like you know, it, it's not sitting on a franchise here. I, I'll do another controversial take off of that. I think it's Luc Besson's best movie. Um, yeah, better yeah. than The Professional, and I'll tell you yeah, why. I agree. Because actually. I think as that movie has aged, The Professional. Uh, well, okay, so here's it the still problem. Has moments. So here is the there- problem with that glorious director. I love his work, but he is, I think, borderline a despicable human being because I think he's a pedophile. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we've talked about this, so we won't get into yeah, too much detail say, about Luke Besson. But it's like, fucking bro, come on, man. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, there's some stuff. Focusing on just the movies. There's stuff in the professional that does not age well. Yeah. Um, and kind of, even Boulder. at the time, it didn't age well. Just people no, kind of just like, no. okay, he's French. But it's like, no, no not Fran- now, French. French are movie, not monsters. <laughs> is that movie still entertaining? It still has moments like, you know, Gary Oldman, who's in both movies, by the way, kills it in both movies. Well, it's uh, Gary Oldman. Let's it's Gary honest. Oldman, yeah. But for me, the fifth element, if I'm going to choose between watching the professional 10 so, times, and watch. the fifth element 10 times I will watch the fifth element so me times. and my kid when he was first born what I call hell week um, is when you bring him home and you're a new parent and you have no idea what the fuck you're doing they literally just hand you your child they're like here you go have fun and you're like whoa wait a minute there's no fucking manual yeah so and I got the night shift because she needed to sleep and BBC was just playing every night at like Three o'clock in the morning, the fifth element, and me and that kid watched Fifth Element every day for like two weeks straight. <laughs> I like your kid's education in movies already. Yeah. So that was essentially, but as a kid, I love Fifth Element. So I don't think that's a cringe movie. Also, you put like Ace Ventura. No way is that a cringe movie. That is a comedy classic. Somebody's on here. I do agree with you. Like the cringe movies are cringe for others. They're not cringe for me. Right. Billy Madison is one of my most quoted movies. I quote that a lot. I know you do. You yeah. know, O'Doyle rules. How many oh times, Dan, God. have I said O'Doyle rules? Enough for me to block. <laughs> Log it out. <laughs> but yeah, I... Okay, so you don't think it's cringe movies, so I don't. I don't think we're gonna dispute that, and we won't fight off of that. So let me let me go to you. Oh boy! All right, so Baz Luhrmann is lost on me. That's what you wrote. But <laughs> let, let, let me <laughs> let me preface this, guys. So when Dan and I chose the topic, we decided let's make lists so we can refer to it, and not like have to think and waste time while we're on podcast live. So we wrote down the lists, and now we're, we're just picking off each other's lists. Mm-hmm. And Dan hilariously wrote, "Baz Luhrmann is lost on me." Okay. <laughs> Explain, Dan. Uh, Explain uh, to the uh, audience. Okay, so. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Okay. I am aware. Mm -hmm. I have seen his movies. Yeah. Um, Moulin Rouge. Yes. Romeo and Juliet. Ballroom Dancing. Australia. uh, Australia. And now the most recent Elvis. Elvis. Okay. (laughs) I... <laughs> Why does every one of his movies seem like it's a fucking fast forward? Okay. That's his style. Man, I'm I guess. A, so that's the thing. I'm aware it's his style. I don't think he's a bad director. What kills me <laughs> as and here's the thing, as I know Moulin Rouge, people revere that movie and I love it. I like it a lot, yeah. I still do. I kind of couldn't finish it. Yeah. Okay. And well, I just, you also don't like musicals. Yeah. So, so I. It's kind of this like is a, what I am talking yeah. about. Is like it's lost on me that I don't think he's bad. It's just it's just musicals does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I have seen Rent with the original cast and I was bored. And it's I'm just aware. Not your thing. I get it. But the I thing is, it. I'm aware that is truly wasted on me. It's like just yeah. don't like you know which what I mean? sucks because your wife is like the musical yeah, like she's, she anything with music she's involved yeah. in and she has an hilarious an encyclopedia now you don't disrespect I'm uh, not trying to you're not trying to but it's just not I would not like, like I, I'm not like why the fuck is he coming out with another movie yeah, no, no, like, no, no, why no. do they keep giving him money no. to make more movies I totally get why they make they give him money and I'm like people get so much joy out of it I'm like go for it like, yeah keep making it that way it is lost on me though I yeah. just I can't okay I mean Baz Luhrmann obviously is, is still given the green light to do all these movies yeah. so obviously he's doing people still, right. yeah but i get it like you know he's not your not your style not your cup of tea Definitely if you will not. yeah I, I get that i get that all right my turn what do you what should i, I mean defend? some of these things i mean you put dexter's laboratory bro that is our childhood don't fuck with the childhood have you seen some of the dexter's laboratories not recently? since i was a kid no not recently then then oh. you'll know why i put it on the oh, cringe, it's cringe? <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I do quote omelette du fromage a lot, but the reason why I put it on the list is because I recently saw certain episodes and certain like, especially with his sister Didi. I was like, damn. Uh, yeah, he's really but, cruel to her. Now I think about it, he keeps yeah. calling her stupid and stuff. That's not okay anymore. So that's what I put it there. Okay, it's not too bad. And obviously, I will still defend Dexter's Laboratory. That was, like you said, that was a big part of our childhood. But man, looking back at certain, and you get this a lot when you look back at movies and TV shows that you watched as a kid. You're like, I must have loved this, but as a kid, I watched now, it. I was as a kid, I love. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah, you know, I love that show. Yeah, especially in the summers and stuff. That was great. So to kind of skip you, uh, I'm gonna just double back on this one because I agree. What do you agree with? We agree on another one. Succession is overrated. <laughs> and there goes half our audience. <laughs> Didn't it just win like an absurd amount of Emmys, dude? Like, yeah. okay. So, so go ahead. I, right, have, now, I have to defend on. myself. Not, not to cut you off real quick. Just so the world knows, I have seen one episode. I saw the first season. I watched well, one episode I'll, I'll, of it. I'll preface so. my statement of why I thought Succession is overrated because I've only seen one season and I didn't feel the need to go back to it. Okay. Now... And this happens a lot, not just with Succession. It happens with a lot of shows that are overhyped and like, you got to see it. It's so incredible. You know, the acting's amazing. It's like must-see TV, blah, blah, I blah. thought the casting was great. I don't have an issue with Succession in terms of the actors or, you know, the acting. I actually, I, I watched the full re- first season. Yeah, I really wanted to like this show. Yes. But for me, at least... The premise of, you know, watching these rich folks, obviously people love watching rich folks fail and mm-hmm. or being stupid or, or being funny or cruel or evil. Like, what do people love? People love drama. That's why the Kardashians have survived so much because well, they're I mean, a hot mess. People watch, you know, what, it's like it's an escapism. So that's why exactly. like, there's a ton of cop shows and doctor shows. These are very hard jobs and like most people never become them. Yeah. I, I've yeah. never had an issue with the acting because, you know, Brian Cox is a phenomenal actor. He's a legend, um, yeah. You know, the guy that plays Kendall is phenomenal and he plays that character well but I don't gravitate towards the premise and I don't think and this is going to add more coals to the fire I don't think it'll be remembered in five to ten years when it's all said and done mm. not like say The Wire or Breaking Bad oh it's definitely not on that that level you know um no, because honestly, idea. and people barely talk I think, about Mad Men. I think something. That was one of the best I think something similar. Now, granted, they're they're getting back their cred with House of Dragon doing so well. Like Game of Thrones. Like we mentioned this in other casts, where like no one was watching that in the pandemic. No one was yeah. rewatching that. Because like you know, in pandemic, you're looking for stuff to watch, and you rewatch some of your favorite shows. I remember I watched The Wire mm-hmm. again, and I remembered how awesome that show was. Yep. But no one was gravitating towards. I didn't hear from my friends, my trusted friends. Oh, that, we're going back to uh, yeah, Game yeah, of Thrones yeah. and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything of that. The same thing I feel like will happen with Succession where it was super hyped in its time, much like Game of Thrones. And then when it's all said and done, you know, five or seven, another show will be and you won't go back to it, you know? That's why, and I just I just can't stand hateful actors because these are cruel well, and, yeah, so. and messed up people. And at a certain point, you got to have like a balance. And I think it's too much on one side of like the, you got, you need a moment to breathe. Exactly. Like you have to find like, I mean, like even you have to have a counterbalance. And I think there is one, what I've known and what I've told, again, I don't catch up on the recent seasons, So maybe there is some of that counterbalance, but I think still at the same time, there's a cruelty and there's a, a lack of character 
change. Like everyone's an asshole in this industry. Everyone's out to get their own and blah, blah, blah. And then it's loosely based on the Murdochs too. Yeah. But yeah, well, my thing, what is my draw? What is my continuous draw to it? I actually agree with you because I think the writing was actually really good. No, like, again, the, the baseball scene great. in the first episode is amazing because it's telling three with different the help stories. And everything there, it's, it's like telling multiple on, stories at once. On and I loved it. Absolutely. However, I agree with you. The reason that kind of put me off on the show was it's like, fuck these people. Like, I want to see him fucking fail, but I don't really, like, I'm uncomfortable, like, understanding these people. So, like, a prime example was, this is also what killed me. The show is going on for a while now. There's multiple seasons of it. The and premi- I see that they're adding, like, guest stars, yeah. like, Alexander Sarsgaard. You know where that's going Adrian now. Brody. But, it, like, what I mean is, like, the, the initial premise, and this is my, my problem with Breaking Bad, too. The initial premise, if I had watched this when it came out, I think I probably would have carried me a little longer, but knowing there was multiple seasons kind of kills it for me. Because the initial story is that this billionaire media mogul is dying. He's retiring. And you know he's sick. He's dying. So he's going to let and leave it the whole empire to his son because he's a fucking psycho doesn't and decides he's going to keep it going and hide that he's sick that's the initial premise of yeah. the show and it's brian cox so you're like okay okay i'm sold <laughs> phenomenal why the it. fuck are there five seasons of this like eventually so this is what happens with tv shows is like they'll have the initial like watch the last season and look at the characters and watch the first season yes they are different and they're supposed to be because there's character arcs they, you tell me the difference between Sansa and fucking Jon Snow, at the end of the show, tell me their characteristical differences. Opposed to season one, where you can blatantly see they are very different people with different motives, different personalities. All shows do this, not just Game of Thrones. Every show, by the end of that season, what carries you is that you like certain characters. You get invested in them, and that's yeah. the whole point. But essentially... So it's like with this, it's like, cool. So this old man is dying. He's sick. He's got dementia, mm-hmm. whatever. But he's in season five and he's still running a multi-billion dollar media empire. Do you understand the toll that takes on a human being? Like, come on. Like, it's like, yeah, it's that's what killed me for it for me. And plus two, like I would have put up with that because the writing is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What killed me was, you like you said, you don't get to catch your breath of hating these people. Yeah. I, I couldn't deal with it. I, I watched a full first season of it. Like, Russian Doll is a prime example. You don't like her at the beginning of the show. I liked it. I mean, I liked <laughs> it. But, like, this is, like, that asshole friend of yours. Like, this is that friend that you she's, hang around. She, she's a little snooty, yeah. yes. And, but, like, uh, but she's so charismatic. But, I, but that's the that's my point is that as you're watching this like in real it's like the yeah, she thing. draws you in you know yeah. it's like the Seinfeld thing like the, everyone hated the last episode but people are like no these were assholes yeah. you just like them but if you had to deal with these people some parasocialness going yeah, exactly. on exactly so <laughs> very much so with like succession I agree with you where it's like it's very much that and I know a lot of good friends of mine they love that show it yeah. is must see TV for them mm-hmm. my brother watches it religiously mm-hmm. my mother of all people watches it religiously love it but I could never get behind it everyone I know and they're shaming they're shaming me a little bit Dan of not watching it <laughs> much like the Cobra Kai but but no, succession I get Listen, Cobra Kai if you shame you me of not bro. watching you stay Cobra strong. Kai there's let's no Cobra reevaluate Kai this our friendship there's no Cobra Kai in this friendship no like come on I'm glad you're watching it and you're enjoying it but uh, no thanks uh, okay and let me be leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> so what you got on my list what you what, what you uh, what you prime okay, on my list okay okay uh, I'm a little shocked here because you have a wife that loves the stories. Harry Potter films, yay or nay? Ooh, okay. There's a lot of Harry Potter yeah. fans that um, are listening. I'm aware. So. I'm aware. Shout out to our fans in Brussels. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so here's my thing with the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. The books, love them. I yep. think minus some of the things that J.K. Rowling has come out with personally, I think her mm. art speaks for itself and yeah, as yeah, it should. Yeah. Those novels are amazing. 
and this is important to me is it got so many people into books and reading that never would have. Yeah, that's a good point. Do I think it's, good. I don't think it's 100% original storytelling, but I think it's a really good story. I you know, you can we can go back and forth a million times on the endings of the books, how she got afraid about Harry Potter, the whole whatever. But essentially, I remember now this was not my first book series that I fell in love with, but this was one of the first times when I was reading those books that I was upset when the books were done. Mm. All right. So I have a deep appreciation and love for those Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. My wife is a Harry Potter fanatic on all levels, but she, you know, we're excited that we get to, this is probably going to be the first chapter book he gets to read with us. Oh, nice. So I remember reading the first one uh, in school. The teacher read it to us in class. And then I remember reading the second book on my own and it, like it helped, you know, and that was also a perfect time for me because that's when I, you know, some background, I didn't learn how to read until I was in the eighth grade. Yeah. So this is, that's when Harry Potter books were starting to blow up. So, so it's it like- extra meaning to you. Extra yeah. meaning, right? So, and it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm, I've, I was reading other books at that time too, but those books, I was like making a point those books are hard reads so they take you from not being able to read to being able at a college yeah. level in yeah. like a year yeah so with that said about those books the movies then the movies are not good none of them i was super hyped when they were announced now mind you you're talking to the guy who like day one of book release he's on it he's reading it yeah you know actually it was the first book i ever pre-ordered and used amazon to buy a book <laughs> and it blew my mind that the book came the day of release this is years a decade before prime yeah yeah i remember the day the the ups showed up the day harry potter the half-blood prince came out mm-hmm. no order of the phoenix came out the day it was released was also the day we it got, got delivered to the house and it blew my mind that amazon was able to figure that out and i remember the first harry potter movie when the trailer got released i watched that trailer a hundred times i was so pumped i was ready to go i was i think the casting was perfect yeah mcgonagall Snape, perfect. Because I remember even specifically when I was reading those books before they announced the cast, those were the people that I actually envisioned when I was reading those books. Yeah, sim- similar to like when people thought Maggie Ian Smith and Alan Rickman. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Very and similar to when Ian McKellen was chosen for Gandalf. Everyone that knows Lord of the Rings books were like, says, this, Yeah, this and is I, Gandalf. I was yeah. into him like, Yep, yeah, for that's sure. the guy. That's, sure. that, that is fucking Gandalf. Yeah. So you don't like any of the movies? <sighs> Not a fan of them. At all. None I of the ones. None of them. Um, Even the Alfonso Coron one, Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, I liked that. That one was actually my favorite of the books. And what I liked was they showed like a cool castle. He, like, he did some really cool stuff with like the landscapes. But essentially, I don't. I think now there are people who love those movies and go ahead, love them. Yeah. But. And it, this isn't like, I'm not that guy that the books were better. I do not believe in that theory. I never will. It is hard, folks, to adapt from a it's book. It's borderline impossible. It is so um, hard. Come Dune on. came close. The most recent Dune. Yes. But that was that's my thing is like, I'm not one of these, oh, the book is so much better. You know, you children must read the books. Fuck that <laughs> shit. No. Because the books are never going away. Like, yeah. you can get to the books. Yeah. Not everybody yeah. likes to read. Not everybody has time. Sorry. Most people don't have time to read seven novels yeah you know Mm -hmm. so let's be honest that's my issue with sci-fi books in general is that they make 20 books in one series anyway so i'm not a big fan of the harry potter films i've seen them all i've gone to the theater for most of them and i was one of the ones the most hyped when the first one came out and not a fan of them i think they kind of just they're mid fantasy stories Mm -hmm. the books are better the books are great yeah they help you you know but yeah, that's kind of my thing with the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Like, I just, they don't do anything for me, I think. And um, yet you watched all of them. I watched them all. Yeah. I mean, listen. And they also I, have, like, marathons these days now. Yeah, them. I mean, it's like I watched uh, them all, but it's also, you know, if you want an opinion. 
you got to get involved. So my yeah, so <laughs> I'm putting the work in, man. I think it's just to me, it's an the movies are just average fantasy stories where the initial story from the books is bigger than that. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, I, I give them credit for oh, making listen, a they movie were doing, franchise. I don't them. blame. Like, listen, money, money, money. You're making money, that shit. Money. Yeah, yeah. Like they closed the door on it. Do you think there'll be more? The Harry Potter books? Yeah. Uh, movies? Movies, yeah. Um, Yeah, and that's also the thing. The initial Harry Potter books, fine. The Fantastical Beasts, they're really hard I to watch. I think even they're Harry, really even the hardcore fans are those Even my wife is like, kind of, she watches them to watch them, but even she's like, mm. Yeah. I think Jude Law as a young Gandalf is great. Um, yeah. But yeah, very much I think even the hardcore fan base is like, they're watching it, but they're like, they're kind of getting the Star Wars treatment now where <laughs> they're in it and they're st- like, and it's like, stuck with it. Yeah. It's like that meme where it's like, first time. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like very much like that. Yeah, you're in it. You're in it there. Yeah, I, I liked some of the Harry Potter movies, some more than others. I didn't read the full books. I, I think I read uh, Ring Sorcerer's Stone, I read mm-hmm. uh, and The Goblet of Fire. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with the movies. I appreciate what they were trying to do, and it was difficult, too, because I think they came... Oh, it's fucking impossible. I think the first one came out in, like, 2003 or something like yep. that, right? I was in middle and school. They were babies. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. babies, those actors. Yeah, watch um, them grow up. Yeah. And watch them grow up, which I think is so funny and weird, mm-hmm. too, because, like, when they get older and they start having... I always remember this. In the last season of Game of Thrones, Not I don't care if I'm spoiling this because the last season, for me, wasn't great. Arya has sex with uh, yeah. Gendry. And everyone's, like, so uncomfortable because like, they watched her grow up. We watched uh, Arya when she, she was, was, like, wee-wee yeah. little. And I'm like, uh, this is awkward. <laughs> Same thing with, like, you know, Emma Watson and, and stuff. Even Daniel Radcliffe. It also shows you how, like, uncomfortable... And this is where I think, like, Hollywood loses a lot of credit because, like, people are counting down the days until Emma Watson was, like, legal. And it's like, what's yeah, wrong with you, on, man? Guys. Like, everyone's got a mom. Yes. Like, come on, yes. bro. Like, like, she, she's very beautiful, but come on. It's it's kind of weird it's, when you're obsessing about her and she's not even, like, She's 18. a child. She's a child. <sighs> and honestly, the older I get, the 18, you're a fucking baby. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, no. And, and that's, what, that's what worries me about, like, fantasy fans. That's one of my things. If you want... We can kind of segue into that if you want. But like fantasy fan bases got to grow up a little bit, you know, and within the realm of social media now, they're being more exposed. Like, what, like give me an example. What, what do you mean by like? Like, for example, and I've noticed this recently, like Star Wars, the Obi-Wan series. Mm-hmm. They were giving a ton of shit to the black actress. Oh, yeah, because she, like, probably, you know, yeah. like, made a comment about, um, I think, just finally, like, Star Wars is having, like, Yeah, and the and reaction like of the fans was, I think, Well, so Star Wars, I, like, I don't agree with the fans when they started attacking her, and but... It was um, like, oh, we had Lando, we had Billy D. Williams, yeah. Lando Carrison, and uh, James Earl Jones, yeah. and Darth Vader, so we're good, we're not yeah. racist. two like, black people in a billion universe. I, have, I am a Star Wars fanatic. But the fan base are monsters, and they need to shut up. Yeah, like, it's like they—they they are yeah. the wor- They are their own. They complain about that. Like th- their actions actually and, affect. And they the honestly shows. think they can influence the studios. Like I remember their a petition to change the last season of Game of Thrones. Like, what are you people doing? It's done. Well, also, you're not going to change. Yeah, let's that. petition to reshoot the most expensive <laughs> TV show in. Are history. you going to fund that? <laughs> That's the thing. I think people don't realize like these things don't cost a million dollars. 
no. that cost hundreds, hundreds of, millions of millions of dollars, dollars. to make. Like it's, it's like, come and on. it's a miracle anything gets made. The amount of moving parts required to make anything on film, yeah, blows my like the fact yeah. that anything, even indie movies, are borderline yeah. impossible to get made now. I feel like fantasy fan bases they they had their own opinions back in the day, and you know, at comic cons and blah blah blah. But obviously, with the advent of the social media and how everyone in Twitter has a freaking opinion, See, I am in the fan base. I am in like these fan bases, so I, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's like, like yeah, it's, it's like it gets. What are you trying to do here? What are you trying to accomplish here? But it can also go on the flip side. I have been to sporting events and I've heard fans say some ridiculous it, shit it goes, to coaches, I, man. I'm not. I'm not I, saying it's limited to. The no, fantasy. I'm saying like the, the uh, fan base is. I like, think is where we're going it's, with it's, this. It's, it's like, absolutely, you're absolutely correct in that certain people feel like the players or the actors or whatever need to adhere to everything that they like or yeah i forget I, heard, I was listening to a podcast years ago and um which is ridiculous. it was a comedian and he was saying people have to understand entertainment is a gift it's a luxury yeah it is not owed to you nobody you don't you're not owed anything watching this stuff you yeah. pay, like yes it's like you paid money to be entertained by such and such yeah. well there you go if you don't like the product go go get a different one no one's forcing you to enjoy these things exactly like so. you pay pay-per-view for a fight the fight sucks well, oh, well. too bad i mean they <laughs> tried it, yeah. i mean that's what you it didn't is. know that so, going in and it's like when people heckle comedians it's like stand-up comics and it's like why i get it, you're drunk and you're being stupid but it's like why would all right get you don't my like wife's name out of your oh yeah stupid <laughs> shit like that where it's like yeah but but that's actually a little scary that kind of opened the door of like people saying, well, what's to stop someone in a normal comedy show? We'll go to talk slap. to any professional comedian yeah. and they all talk about people have rushed the stage before. Yeah. Jim Jeffries, it's the, the famous photo, uh, video of him getting punched in the face mm -hmm. for making a stupid yeah. joke. Because like, what comedians like to do, they like to rag on people in the that's audience. That's their job. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, People take it personally and people take it like too far. I mean, it's... I think like I said with the whole like the, the Oscar thing and like Chris Rock getting punched in the face but you know, by Will Smith and like stuff like that. I've heard people say, well, he was just defending his wife. I'm like from a man doing his job on a public forum. <laughs> it's like shut up but most people kind of i think like generally be like why'd you do that bro yeah you just killed the vibe like for what nobody thought your wife was insulted and coming and for the record coming from someone who has a very rare and life-threatening autoimmune disease um she could shut up about her their fucking alopecia <laughs> fuck off okay like you are a beautiful woman and you will be beautiful with or without hair yeah okay yeah, yeah. so the people with They're, real autoimmunes i would up. i would love to figure out get on my level yeah bro. the psychology of because it's well i think it's like a, i think it's it's the disassociation like anyone has that like anyone who works in a particular group or is their social circles you can't you automatically get into a bubble you don't even realize it i know and celebrities are in the best one are they, they still are they still scientologists the smiths were they ever i never knew they were they were hardcore well, that fucking answers a few questions hardcore i don't know if they still are i mean are you kidding me will smith and tom cruise are like we're best buddies back i had in no the day. idea no shit um yeah i i don't because that would explain a lot obviously if they still are because that that's a whole cult on its own and but yeah still though care still what though, you, you call a cult bro because i mean talking snake i'm just trying i'm just saying i'm just saying <laughs> catholicism <laughs> believes in a talking snake okay it's like i mean uh, not that i'm a uh, scientologist apologize i am not i think those people are fucking I'll, we'll just say that religion is complicated and leave it at that very uh, very but yeah, yeah. So it's like but it's like all right so what, chris rock who is honestly i think one of the greatest stand-up comedians to oh have my ever god lived, people you go on the stage zoomers do and you the Zoomers do not Slap know. Slap him in the face. He he was for, on was. the Oscars. Like I think it was very much just like a bubble life. He's like it's Will Smith. You know he has this curated 
persona that mm-hmm. everyone loves. You know, it's like he's didn't you know, curse in raps and yeah, stuff exactly. Like and that. he was a very good to his credit. He is a very good actor, and his he was a very good musician. I think he's like one of the first rap artists to get a Grammy or hip hop. I think he's like on that list. Like, but it's like yeah, that all goes down the drain because you come on like you know what I mean? it's it's yeah and i feel like lately fan bases all across not just in mm-hmm. fantasy but in sports are taking it too far i think the pandemic obviously heightened everything because mm-hmm. everyone was like closed in and everyone stayed yeah home, yeah now and it's... then everyone got cabin fever and then mm-hmm. the first time they're out like i remember at a basketball how game, they act. Yeah. A, a basketball game someone spit at one of the players <laughs> it's like come on man it's like what kind of attitude is that and people are throwing bottles at players now too like they never used to do that yeah yeah, it's people are wild now. Not to say that they weren't back in the day. I'm sure people have said much worse things. I mean, listen, it, I, but it's more exposed. I would say mm-hmm. with social media, everything yes, is like see it more out now, in the open. So, now. Absolutely, I think it was instead always of there. like you had to be live to see or hear. It. Yeah, you always like it's, there's video because you ne- you always notice like you never when you're at the bar you're hanging out with your crew right you never hear yo bro you should have seen last week. You should have seen the crazy shit James did at the bar. He was fucking nuts, man. Yeah. Like a guy showed up, he bought him a beer, it was awesome, and then all of a sudden they're fighting. Like you don't hear those stories anymore because you see it. Yep. Yeah. Because you're seeing in time, you're and getting it, that text. And the video is probably yeah. not even from your crew. It's from someone that filmed yep. it, posted it on social media. And I've it's always noticed like that fire. you don't get the oh you could you should have been there story because you're literally getting the face. You can see it live. Yeah, you're getting the face. <laughs> you can see it detail breakdown and people like do breakdowns of it. A fight. It's too. great. It's great. Oh. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I, I think fan bases obviously for fantasy like Star Wars and I mean and, those are and people were complaining too about the Rings of Power and how there's a diverse yeah. cast and it's not saying true to the books. Black elves and I'm all like, yeah, who the like... fuck? Who cares, man? There's fucking like dragons and all that shit in there. Why does it matter if one person I just, is... I think people just... I think it's just part of the parasocial relationships. Like, I think they just... This, it's so like holy become, to them, yeah. Because it, like it's no longer. I mean, or it's probably always like this. It's like especially sports teams. Like there's, you know, oh, it's like this is the team I grew up with. My dad loved this team. My grandfather used to take me to games all the time. So there's that portion. So it comes a part of you. Mm-hmm. So when people hear. So, but that also entails with like fantasy series, sci-fi series, like all these things, because it's a part of them. And when they see it not doing well, they have an emotional reaction. And you are very well aware of what humans do when they have emotional reactions to things. Oh boy! So I think that's kind of where that comes from. Yeah. Not that yeah. I agree with it, but uh, I think people have to. I always say too is like say your problem out loud and listen to it, and it always sounds ridiculous. Yeah. It. Like and when that's you actually great thing because I, like if, if, if you're someone, having a hard time at work. Yeah. Go home, and even if you you ever like explain a problem that you're having at work to a friend that has no fucking clue, and you're explaining it, and you're like you have to kind of go the extra step to explain why it's a problem, and they're like, oh yeah, it's totally fucked because up. Because you want them to share your point of view, right? And you're like, <laughs> you're like, but wasn't he an asshole to me? But and at work, like, you could go to like the other guy, and be like, you, you, do you believe what he fucking did? What my boss did? They're like, yeah, it's such fucking bullshit. They always do that, right? And you tell it to like me, and you and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's kind of sucks. I mean, that's where you're really like, shitty. get this motherfucker like, out of my house. I'm like, what's your problem? So I used to like, <laughs> I used to tell this to my wife when she would have like a really bad day. And I would, you know, at her one of her jobs, and I would just say, "Say your problem out loud." And doesn't sound as important. Yeah, in the grand um, scheme of things. I used to work. I used to say this too. Like before I worked now, years ago, I worked in the restaurant industry, and they everyone would get so amped up. I mean, yeah. if anyone has worked in the restaurant industry, they know what I'm talking it's about. Constant stress. 
Long hours, same people. You just move it. It's a lot going on. That's why I think you'll like the bear because it gives a really inside. Yeah, I really want to watch that. It's on. It's on my kitchen. Yeah, but I always said it's like, guys, we're not saving the world here. It's just sandwiches, and they would look at me like I had six goddamn heads. Like, how dare? What do you mean, just sandwiches? (laughs) But then when I'd go out and talk to people about it, they would laugh. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, because like you're laughing when I say that. Like, but to them, they're like, no, that's them. Yeah, you know. And I mean, I'm subject to it too. I come home from like a stressful day at work, and then like if you just say the problem out loud, you kind of like, oh. Out of context, this means like nothing to like anybody. Yeah, and it's it, it's tough because like when you get invested into your work, you don't want to do a shitty job, oh, of, course, of course, and you don't want to half-ass stuff. But like you have to remind yourself, like you know, uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's not as big. As and you're I, and it I think that's the same thing with like fan bases, yeah. where it's like I am truly bothered by what Disney. Not so much Disney because Disney's done some great Star Wars, mm-hmm. but they've also done some pretty horrible things. Like it, it has never sat right with me. The sequel series, mm-hmm. I've seen them, and I am. It truly bothers me that they went that route with it. Mm-hmm. Same with like Indiana Jones four. I joke. I say, oh yeah, it never happened. I was so upset when they because that was my childhood. Like that was like my babysitter for long. I grew up. Yeah. I like a big chunk of my educational career was to try to become Indiana Jones in certain ways, and to see them do that bothered me. However. I'm an adult, and I'm well aware it's not real. <laughs> it's entertainment, but the other Indiana Jones movies didn't get deleted. You know what I mean? I can go back to them whenever I want. Yeah, the same, it, with, it, same with the Star Wars stuff. Like one Empire Strikes Back is never getting removed. So go ahead, make a million, and if they all suck, yeah, doesn't get rid of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, so. like they're still there, and you shouldn't let one quote unquote slip up or one that didn't capture the magic of the originals deter you from the product. People are like that too. They're like, "This is terrible." Now I'm not watching any more Star Wars. Blah blah blah. Okay, bye. <laughs> Maybe it'll cause you. Oh, less it's stress. like the uh, the protest, it's, it's, like when Ka- when um Kaepernick took the knee. Yeah. And people were burning their Nikes. It's like, those are good fucking shoes, bro. What yeah, do? Give it to Salvation Army or something. Exactly. Man. But I'm like, you know? why are you getting rid of fucking... So it, it's funny because, like, you know, I watch a lot of sports and I have, like, you know, teams that I follow. If my team starts doing bad, I stop watching them altogether. Do you know why? Because I don't need the unnecessary stress and mm. and anger of watching a team that I know is bad. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> you, I was saying, aren't you a Knicks fan, bro? <laughs> I'm a Knicks. I'm a diehard <laughs> Knicks fan. I'm a diehard Knicks and you fan. You hate your is, life. You know... <laughs> And I watched almost every season from them since I started. But, you know, I eventually learned, because it's part of being an adult, that you're getting upset, you're getting angry, and you're yelling at a TV for no goddamn reason because in the grand scheme of things, just don't watch it. Yeah, I had a wake-up call with that once. I went to opening day at Yankee Stadium probably 15 years ago. It was my first opening day. Like, I've gone to baseball games before, but it was opening day at Yankee Stadium. I drove to my buddy's college. I picked him up. Big Yankees fan. We're going. We got shit seats. We're fucking going. We're going. All right. We go early. Like, and I went, you know, you go to sporting events with friends and then you go to sporting events with fans. They're there fucking early and they're sitting there for the whole game. It, you know? They have their habits and yeah, routines. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I was into it. So I was like, yeah, it's like, I haven't been to Yankee Stadium in like a decade at this point. This is before the new stadium. So this is probably one of the last seasons is going to be done at that place. Cool. So we go. One of the best games I've ever watched was there. Mm-hmm. Some of the best, like, God damn, it was a fucking, like, the energy of the, the stadium. It was just like, it was a great comeback in the seventh. Like, it was just one of the best games I've ever seen. And I'm with my buddy, who's a diehard Yankees fan. He's there in it, too. You know, he's we're all having a good time. We're having a couple drinks. We're not even shit-faced. We're just having a good time, right? Yeah. The energy was so, we didn't need the booze, right? Yeah. Yankees start fucking losing. Because it's the fucking Yankees in 2008. 
We weren't good that year. We didn't make no, the playoffs we, that year, yeah. yeah, I don't think. Yeah, so I think it was <laughs> 2008. No, I think yeah, it was like 2007, 2008. So it was that season. Not a great time. Yeah. But this was one of the best fucking games. And uh, I remember him. Beautiful day out, right? Opening day. It was during the day, right? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a day game. We have a couple beers. You know, we have some food. We're just chilling. It was a great time overall. He's all fucking mopey and sad. And I'm like, what's wrong, dude? It means so much to us. And he's like, <laughs> we're fucking losing. I'm like, this is like an amazing day and I'm a great time, man. Like, yeah. this is like cool. And he was just like, yeah. Then, of course, they start fucking winning. And he's this whole thing. But it was like that part. I'm like, you're going to lit. That part ruined the whole event. It, it, because, event. like, for fans. And, I get and, it. It's, just, it's like, it's you're not there thinking about the experience you're having with your buddy you think about the Yankees better fucking win this game yeah like ours are pitching good or like why did they do this lineup change like the meticulous details it all matters See, I to give fans. that to European football fans I give that to hockey fans I give that to American football fans because there's so many there's not many games there's over fucking 170 baseball games they'll make it up <laughs> it's like isn't it funny football yeah. I get you only got a couple you to go. You only got a couple games. You fuck two up in a row, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, you know. No, yeah. Goodbye ring. You ain't yeah. getting it, you know. Yeah. It's... And like football, like European football fans, I totally get because if they keep fucking up, Dude. they're going to lose their spot. I, <laughs> I want to go to European football games so bad just because of the energy and the vibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, maybe one day I'll go. But yeah, no, you're right. Baseball, it's like there's 162 games mm-hmm. in a season. Yeah. It might have sucked. It's different if you're in the playoff game. I've been to playoff games. No, don't I am locked in. If you're in tournament locked, mode, yeah. Different. That's different a, if you're yeah. in a tournament you're, arc, bro, every pitch, I totally every pitch, get it. every everything counts. Yeah, everything counts. Bring but your A game. A regular I t- season game. Even like This is opening day. <laughs> against Toronto. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Oh man. But that's that's fandom for you, man. It's irrational fandom. Yes. Spreads and services. I I I'm still I'm learning, Dan. I'm not the best still because, you know, when my teams still suck, I, I still get upset. It's irrational. Like, you should not be yelling at a freaking screen or throwing stuff on the ground or punching walls. I punched walls when the Knicks sucked. Uh, uh, just to kind of you know. give you guys a background of who Sebastian Sebastian is I'm a is very here. nice man. <laughs> he is an Ecuadorian. Yes. What of it? They're very <laughs> passionate people. Yes. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Yes. You are passionate people. Good and bad, I, I got it. I got it from my daddy and my mom. <laughs> she's she's also very uh, feisty. But yeah, basically, yeah. What can no, we I say? It. It's, it's, irrational, I mean, it's irrational. It's irrational logic. I mean, it's, but yeah, I do. I, I think I don't even think that's a controversial take. I think just the fan bases. Got chill out, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about Bruce Willie in The Last Man Standing. What do you have to say about that movie? Okay. One of the best fucking movies ever made. Ever um, made. Listen, I I, know. I wouldn't go that far, but sure. Okay. Uh, I know it's a bad movie. Give people uh, an idea of what the movie is okay, if they so don't know what it is. Last Man Standing is a Western mm-hmm. taking that takes place during Prohibition era Texas. Bruce Willis plays an unknown gunman who comes into town. And pretty much does American-style gung fu on two rival gangs, one the Irish and one the Italian mob. They fight over this little shithole, like, <laughs> like, like abandoned shanty town in Texas. Boy, this premise sounds very familiar, Dan. I feel like I've watched it before in a Japanese film. Uh... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> By the way, it's a Western remake of Yojimbo. Directed by Akira Kurosawa. Yes, which is one of, I mean... Going out on a limb here. One of the greatest movies. Easily. Made by one of the greatest directors. Easily. This is the fucking Kirkland brand of that. <laughs> um, but I love every second of it. 
It has one of the too. best shootouts. No, that in TV, I know exactly what you're history. talking about. Yeah, yeah. So this is where I'm gonna put this under like embarrassing cringe movies where it's Yeah, what's so cringe about it? It's so bad. Like, it is. It is. He literally shoots a guy in the gut and he flies, not from with a shotgun, with a pistol, and the guy goes flying. Oh, you're talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, that shit. It's silly, yes, yeah. And, but man, when it's we Bruce watched Willis it. Bruce Willis going full Bruce yeah, Willis. Going Bruce Willis, yeah. It's got Christopher Walken in it. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, it's like really cringy with like the Italian stereotypes <laughs> and like. It's, yeah. <laughs> But I think it's a genuine like I love that movie, but I know it's it's bad. It's a cringe movie. Definitely a cringe movie. Okay. You know, that was also, I believe, I think it was before Fifth Element he made. Uh that. yes. Because it came out in ninety five. No, 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 no. Came no. out in ninety five, no? Am I getting my years mixed you up? You are definitely getting your years mixed up. Fifth Element. Fifth Element ninety seven, for sure. Uh sure. So forever, ever? Forever? I believe so. Uh, it was ninety six for uh, for Last Man Standing. And Element was ninety seven, no? I believe so. Poor Bruce Willis. 97. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. I hope he... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So it was uh, Last Man Standing, then Fifth Element. Look at that. Okay. Okay. God. Okay. Bruce Willis in the 90s was the man. He's still the man, bro. He's still the man. Sorry. He's still the man. I just can't do movies no more. Okay. Sag. All right. So what else from uh, Al my Pacino? end? What do we have to defend? So Al Pacino has more memorable roles than Robert De Niro. Yes. Yes. Those two... Now, I have my opinions on this. Defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So those two have kind of been hand in hand, right? They're they're recognized as two of the most prominent actors in American cinema. I don't think that can be disputed. Their work speaks for itself and so on and so forth. I'm not saying that Al Pacino is a better actor than Robert De Niro, but what I'm saying is he's had more memorable movies slash roles. Like if I were to go through their filmography, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll pick up five of Pacino's best movies and five of Robert De Niro's best movies. I'd watch the Pacino movies no, first. I, I agree with you. you like, know? I'm a gr- I'm actually on your side. I was just fucking with you. I'm totally on your uh, side. <laughs> no, but like, uh, for example, like Godfather. Godfather. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon. Scent of a Woman. Like, Scent of a Woman. the name of a couple. Um, Shapiro. Any given Sunday, he plays a coach. That's mm-hmm. a uh, very underrated, underrated yep. role he has. Yeah, like... Giving a negative light to football years before all the other stuff. That is that movie is such. It does not paint the NFL in a great light. Yeah, and uh, maybe that's why it's been buried. Yeah, because yeah, it does. It's that. not on purpose. That's not by accident. I mean, it's great, and I think Oliver Stone did that right, and he's always been one to stir the pot. Anyway, no, I like Scent of a Woman, like mm-hmm. that. You you remember that for Pacino for all the right reasons because his performance there is, is mm-hmm. phenomenal and. I think obviously De Niro's still going strong. I think Pacino's basically done. He he hasn't done a movie. Anymore. Honestly, I think they're both done. <laughs> they you don't think De, De Niro's in the new um, Amsterdam movie with uh, the new David yeah, Russell? Yeah, I mean, listen, make your bread and keep acting. I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but um, I think anything of substance from either of them has been gone for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, so so if you look at their the stuff that made no, them the, legends, no, yeah, the stuff that like don't get me wrong, like I'm talking and about Titans heat. now. Like, like it's you like, remember yeah. Heat, right? They were yeah, both in yeah. Heat. Yeah, I know. That was, um, that was a big deal. And I thought Pacino was actually better in De Niro in that movie. You know, because he was going through, his character went See, through more stuff See, the first time I saw Niro. Heat, I didn't really understand that Al Pacino's character was a fucking cokehead. Oh, yeah. And then as I went guy. through college and discovered what cokeheads are like, I'm like, oh, that was fucking perfect shit. This is the taking his TV. He's like, I'm taking the TV. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and the it's whole so show good. family. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's so good. It, it is. I think what was it? Man said, um, if he Michael had the, Mann, the director. Yeah, Michael Mann, the director said, if he had the right 
that movie today, Al Pacino would have just been hooked up on fucking Red Bull. Because it's like that. It's the same. Like if you just like yeah. wired on Red Bull. All yeah. The time. And again, it's not that I think Pacino's a better actor. It's just that when I compare their movies, I tend to gravitate like Devil's Advocate too. Do you remember Devil's Advocate? Yes, I do. It's a little overacting, but it's uh, still hard. A little. Um, I am a firm believer in that movie. So I think there are certain movies that get saved by like one or two scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't now. I don't agree with this, but I've been told this. So Blade Runner, right? The first one, mm-hmm. I think, is one of the greatest movies ever made. Ridley Scott's magnum opus. I show. I had a friend who had never. He didn't yeah. see a lot of film, and he was like, "Oh, I was watching that." He's like, "Oh, you know, dude, watch Blade Runner. You'll love it." He's like, "He's watching Blade Runner," and he's like, "Okay." He's like, "I didn't really like it until the teardrops uh, memories like are teardrops tears in, in the rain,", rain yeah. uh, which is my favorite quote from a film. Monologue. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that line because it says so much without saying so little. And you know me, use three words, don't use five. <laughs> and he was like, "That's what sold me the whole movie." And I was like. Oh, so like a line can do it. And wow, that's a little tough for me. But I think with like Devil's Advocate is that Al Pacino's monologue, Satan monologue is brilliant. Awesome. Now it is like I mean it's Keanu Reeves being very counter like it's like the writing gets a little rough. You, no, I'm like it's it's one of those movies where guys the guys being tried for murdering his whole family and his line I quote is I was boning my secretary like really that's the line you use like in nineties movies what can you say I get it. Um, but I think it's like Al Pacino's like because the whole thing is you know he's the devil in yeah. the whole movie right no big shocker that he's the devil right which is um, a great metaphor because aren't lawyers devils yeah that's yeah. the whole thing and it's like I mean there's certain meta stuff to it like the um al pacino's character's name milton but his monologue is what kind of carries that whole yeah. movie yeah and he he's famous for those monologues he did one in any given sunday he did one yep. to send the woman mm-hmm. to the to the school mm-hmm. yeah he's and he delivers even it. Uh, his monologue um in godfather the first one when he's about to kill the guys he's like listen this is a man who's caught up this is a policeman that's because he's literally talking about murdering a police officer mm-hmm. and it's like even at that time like think about 70s yeah. that writing even today the shit that would fly at you if you literally wrote a scene where a white man is talking about murdering a policeman yeah right even if he's corrupt or not like just blatantly trying to justify because the character you know Colleone is trying yeah, to yeah. justify murdering this cop mm-hmm. you know and he's got plenty of reason to do it but he's just like he's caught up in drugs you know uh, you know and it's like that's that's a that's a monologue that carries a film absolutely know? and that's why i think he's made his movies more memorable than say the nero has made like obviously i love Let's not dispute this. De Niro is one of my favorite actors of all time. But I feel like, like I said, if you were to take five memorable Pacino movies, five memorable De Niro, I'll watch I probably would too. I'd probably watch it, you know. Yeah. But I know people are like, fucking De Niro's the man. What are you thinking? Pacino's Mm -hmm. washed. And you only got, you know, credit for Godfather and that's it. Like, no. Look at at Pacino's filmography. He's got a lot more. He's got a lot more than Godfather. Mm -hmm. Come on now. But that's what I feel and I'm sticking to it. Why don't you tell me about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? This is an anime, Dan. It is not an anime. It is a lifestyle, bro. Oh, my God. Okay, that's the end of the podcast, folks. Thank you so much for listening. You don't understand. Because people who know, know. Okay. Okay, so tell me why this is on our controversial takes list. I mean, it's a controversial take for people who don't know. For okay. people who don't know. So JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is an amazing show. Mm-hmm. Um, going five seasons now. Bro, the, sh- the comics been going even further. Manga, sorry, guys. JoJo's right. Bizarre Adventure is essentially a story about 
a particular bloodline of the Joe Stars. All right. And their arch enemy, Dio. <laughs> and uh, by the way, he has to explain it like this because if you don't explain it in an anime way, why even talk about it, right? You don't understand. <laughs> That's the thing. If you understood the villainy of Dio. <laughs> you don't understand that you have to say his name, Dio, Dio. <laughs> with disgust. <laughs> and the Joe Stars are your only hope. So essentially, it is just I, there's no name for last because it's just it's a really good show and I think everyone should watch it. It's a very long show and it's one of those things where you have to get through the first two seasons before it gets good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Actually, scratch that. No, the second season's good. You have to get through the first season, but the good thing is the first season's short and then it gets into the epic lengths of these shows. But it's see the thing is with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is that it deals with the Joe Star family and they are keepers of this kind of like these like pseudo martial art techniques that are forgotten to time stands and hamuns i know this sounds like fucking gibberish but it's amazing you wouldn't understand <laughs> and essentially and then you know they have their arch villain dio dio and all his other things so essentially like every season deals with the next generation of joe stars okay so it starts off with joseph joe star and spoiler he dies then you go to the other joe stars but it's like a couple decades later or it's like their grandson so it's like a legacy show. it's a very much a legacy show and it's dealing with all their adventures but it's also like the first season starts off in like victorian era london and then it goes into like the 80s but it's all very much that style of the time so you have season one it's all the victorian era like drew art where it's like you yeah, know it's all pomp and, and ceremony yeah, but then the then the second season deals with essentially like during or right after World War II, but it's like, but it was written in the 80s. So it's got all that like 80s, like shredded, like Arnold Schwarzenegger looking characters and shit. And it's like bright colors and yep. all that. Yeah. Then like season three is a road trip story about a crew going through the desert and stuff. And it's like a very long Final Fantasy 15, basically. Essentially. <laughs> um, and it's like, that's essentially the story. And it deals with like that particular character. And then the fourth so season goes into like a little town, like a murder Agatha. Christy murder mystery story and then the fifth season goes to like Italy and it's like kind of dealing with like a mobster type story like about the mob like uh, the Italian mafia then the story after that goes about it's about a prison and like they go deal with all that it's like so each season is its own self-contained self-contained story with like uh, usually with the other characters sometimes popping in and out but it's like their own self-contained stories but the art style is ridiculously good uh the stories is a batch of crazy show I promise you, whatever you see in that show, you've never seen before in TV. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, it's so fucking stupid. Like it's, <laughs> but it's the title, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It, that's called that on purpose. Plus, the music fucking slaps, man. It's just the soundtrack is so good. Mm -hmm. So, what's the controversial take about it? Is it cringe or like? It's controversial because people who don't know think it's stupid and it's a kids cartoon. But people who know, <laughs> fucking know. People who know, okay. And I'm talking to you, people. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god, that's funny. Hey man, people watch anime on their time. Just I do. Some people, you know. JoJo's is not just an anime, it's a lifestyle. It's lifestyle, bro. bro. You don't understand. <laughs> it is a lifestyle. Oh my goodness gracious. All right, so what do you want to hit me with? All right, what am I going to hit you with here? I'm surprised um, you haven't, you have no idea what this last show that I put on is. Hang time? <laughs> what the fuck is hang time? <laughs> oh my god, I know you don't know that show. I 
definitely don't know that. What is that? So NBC Saturdays, oh, boy. Uh, Saturday mornings, they filled uh, one of their morning hours with the show called Hang Time, Running Together. <laughs> it is a basketball show. Oh, Jesus it, Christ. It is, it is a show about a high school basketball team. This shit went on for six seasons? Went on for six seasons, and the premise is there's a girl basketball player playing on the men's team. Ooh, Julie, so Julie Connor, yo, one of the best strokes in basketball history. This is cringe to the thousandth level. Yes. Did I watch all seasons as a kid? Yes. Did I watch all seasons again a couple years ago? I was about ago? to say, yes. that's where it gets cringe. <laughs> Watching, you get a pass if as you're a kid. As an adult. As an adult, I've yeah. watched it too. You get a pass if you're a kid, but goddamn. Oh, boy. And guess what? If you shut off the brain and uh, look past the cringeness, you're just like, yeah, wow, this is so bad. But hey, whatever, man. <laughs> Jesus. Hang time. for the, the Hang others. time. Either followed or preceded by City Guys. C-I-T-Y. You can see why these guys, the new guys, City Guys. I remember the jingle suit. Come on, Dan. You mean to tell me, and I know you're giving me that face. You mean to tell me you don't remember the jingles of your TV sitcoms and all that stuff, the themes. You don't remember them? So I didn't really have TV growing up, so, <laughs> but when I Fair did, enough. it was definitely not um, those shows. <laughs> My memories is so, I remember the most obscure things. And then you asked me to remember something I did two weeks ago. I have no idea what I did, but I remember the jingles of City Guys and Hang Time and Hang Time. I used to watch religiously. And then I remember randomly, I was coming back from the city from a tennis match late at night because for some reason they scheduled my tennis matches at 9 p.m. at night. Don't ask me why. Anyway, I'm coming back on the train and I'm like, I need something to watch, like just to like fill the time here. And I saw on YouTube, they had these seasons. They, you know, on SD format, of course, because well, that's all you had. <laughs> that's all you had. And I was like, oh my God, it's hang time. Let me watch this. Did I watch all seasons? No. I watched the first five, was five or six seasons you saw? Six seasons. I saw the five. They replaced the coach. They replaced the coach. Controversy. Yeah. No, listen. The basketball coach. (laughs) They replaced, played by Reggie Theus, former basketball player and a phenomenal coach actor. He's not looking this up on the internet. He's recalling this from I remember. What's up? What's up? Anyway, the last season, they replaced Reggie Theus. I'm butchering his last name. With a football coach. What was his name? It wasn't Mike Ditka. No, it was some other guy with a mustache. Fuck, I I can't remember his name. But the show went to shit. The show went to shit. I even remembered that as I was rewatching it as an adult. I was like, I'm not going to even bother with season six. A, I think Julie Connor left, by the way. Julie Connor is the girl on the basketball team. Breaking barriers and hitting shots from the outside. And with a new boyfriend every two seasons. When they changed coaches and they lost her, there's no point in watching Hang Time anymore, you know? Is it super cringe to the thousands level? Absolutely. But that's why it's on my list, folks. And if you want to watch Hang Time, I believe the season is still on YouTube and you want to hate yourself, go ahead. You want to watch and see why did Sebastian even bother watching all five of these seasons? How could he do it? I don't know how people can watch certain reality TV shows. Good point. So, Good point. What's I'll up? That, yeah. What's up? I have my guilty pleasures. You have your guilty pleasures. Speaking of that, they may, there's talks of them remaking The Mole for a reality show. The Mole? The Mole. You ever watched The Mole? You never watched The Mole? Oh, you gave me that look like you never watched The Mole. The, m- the Mole. Mole? I'm drawing a blank here, but oh I... Oh, my God. I, Anderson Cooper? Before he was Anderson Cooper? Oh, my... Oh, dude, this was the best. 
reality show. This was during the boom of the reality shows. And essentially what it was was a, a group of casts, a cast of people, and they have to do competitions. But one of them is the mole. And he works with the show. And his job, his or he or she's job is to sabotage the group's goals. And the whole point of the show is to find out who the mole is because nobody knows, not even the viewer. Oh, I remember this show. The mole, Jesus bro. Christ. How did you not know this? This is peak oh television. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He looks so different. Oh my God. Was this on Fox? Yes. It was on Fox. I remember now. Okay. Anderson Cooper was on that show. They're remaking it with Anderson Cooper. No, they're, uh, <laughs> they're using Alex Wagner, and she's an amazing correspondent. Uh, she's oh, really, She's really? an amazing journalist. She did the, she, the circus on Showtime. Yes, yeah. Uh, now she's got uh, Rachel Maddow's spot on mm-hmm, MSNBC, mm-hmm. but now she's doing it. And she's, oh, uh, it's going to be on Netflix, yeah. the reboot. So I told you, bro. Fun. So what you got for me? Okay. Uh, right. I think we have time for a couple more. We have time for a couple more. Because we talked about a few of these in our Some of these are, yeah. So some, some of these are kind of, we've already kind of touched upon. So uh, I'll give you a freebie on that one. We talked about award show. That was that was a good one. And we talked about Star Wars prequels. I know you're a protector of the prequels. Uh, I am we've a, had many I conversations on this. prequels apologist. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's talk about bringing out the dead because I kind of, I kind of agree with you how it's a very underrated movie. Yes, it is. It is definitely one of Scorsese's best. Right. I like it. I like it when Scorsese, because he has What, the doesn't potential. do a fucking mob movie? Yes. Okay, so here's the real Shutter controversial Island. take. Hugo. Here's my real controversial take on this. Mark Scorsese, stop making the same movie. Irishman, why'd you need to make that I movie? Think, You've done it better before. I think people in Hollywood secretly, they won't say it to Scorsese's face because they love him, agree with you. Yeah. He just makes, he's been made, now he has already made it and he's made it. He has American nothing left time. to prove. Like, he has nothing left to prove. It's like, who are you, like, he has nothing left to do prove. what you want to do, fine, but I think The Irishman was a waste of time. Yeah, we, you, we talked about you, that. Yeah, exactly. You did Goodfellas and then you you did Casino, yeah. you know, it's like, and then The Departed's an amazing story, but it's like, okay, do other stuff. So when he does other things. When he branches out. And he's, they're amazing. He's capable, because he's a good director. Good directors don't have to be tied to the same stories, no. right? But because he's a good director, he can make a good movie without having to do a mob movie and i think bringing out the dead is his best one i believe the intro like the first 20 minutes of that movie is borderline perfection it's it's a dark comedy it's funny it gets the vibe of the manhattan at night only i think someone like scorsese could do that because he does show a different side of manhattan that most people only only new yorkers would see i mean to me he shows hell's kitchen in the 90s yeah it's a fucking nightmare then but it's like and also taxi driver to me is like the best but he gives like the best vibe like Mm -hmm. a really accurate version of what it feels like to be in the city at two o'clock in the morning when you're not shit-faced you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you're yeah. like not great areas, but like you're not going to get hurt. It's just you're uncomfortable. And I also think like Nicolas Cage when he was still doing serious Dude. work, because that's the thing. It's like he's a joke. Like, and he he's kind of owning think, it. Here's the thing. But he's he, also really he's, an, he's an enigma because when he wants to be, when he wants to be, even his recent stuff, he makes fun of himself of yeah. what he I mean, has become. But he's actually a good actor. Like leaving Las Vegas mm-hmm. is one of my favorite movies of his. Like hits, but he also does like crap and does a lot of weird shit too. There's that sci-fi movie based on the H.P. Lovecraft one that he did recently. Do you remember that? What was that called? I had no interest in watching it, but it was there. I was like, this is another Nick Cage B movie. <laughs> but yeah, he's such an enigma. Apparently, and- it came out that he's actually caught up on his taxes, so now he's gonna do like real movies again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that why so many of these actors? Because they just do, because they got to, I get it, make your bread. But I think, no, like bringing out the dead, I think it encapsulates a vibe of misery without a reason. Yeah. So to speak, like it shows a guy who's, yeah, it shows like a guy working the night shift at like a super stressful job and like, but it's something he's choosing to do. You know, I love the quote. It's like, all I need is a couple. EMT? 
Yeah, he's an EMT yeah, in Hell's yeah. Kitchen yeah. Uh, as a paramedic. And it's like my, one of my favorite quotes is like, I just need a couple of slow days followed by a few days off. Mm. And it's like, who's not been in the grind and just no. wished for like two slow days and, and then a long weekend? And that job in particular, I yeah. can only imagine. And it's very much that. The and EMT I think the hours, yeah. it's why I really like like when people are like, oh, what's your favorite Scorsese? And I'm like, it's bringing out the dead. And people yeah. look at me like, are you kidding me? Yeah, because you, you're expected, obviously. Oh, you know, taxi driver. Yeah, taxi driver. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. You name it, right? And it's yeah. like, but I always put that one because, I mean, it's a weak movie. Like, it gets a little wonky towards the end and all this sure. stuff. But I think the, the beginning of the, like, the first 15 to 20 minutes is great. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's kind of my controversial take is that Scorsese, please just <laughs> stop. Do other shit. Yeah. I wonder how, how, how old is he now? He's got to be old. He's old. I mean, well, what's his name was still making movies. Uh, Clint Eastwood in his 80s. So. Yeah, but he knows he's not really doing uh, many movies uh, anymore. Nope, nope, That's nope. That's another nope. one where it's like, Mark Scorsese is 79 years old. He is younger than Ridley Scott. He's younger than, what's his name, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes. <sighs> Ridley Scott is 84 I think he, years old. Is he retired, Sir Anthony Hopkins? Uh, he's like no, pseudo I still, retired. I, no, I, I still see him in. He do, I think he just does when he wants to kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He was the best part of Westworld. I don't know what Westworld has become now. Uh, uh, this last a season mess. is, is <laughs> a, a mess, a flaming hot mess. But the first two seasons were phenomenal. I didn't watch the second season, but I did watch the first, and I loved it. He, I'd argue, it's one of the best acting performances of. Not oh, only he's, he's very good in it. Oh my God, he's just magnetic. He's always. I've always said, if I were to choose who would narrate my life story in like a documentary or whatever in English, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Not Morgan Freeman. Nope. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that a controversial take? I mean, I'd, it's got to be Morgan Freeman, bro. In Spanish? Well, guess who? He's an actor. He's an actor. Um, and he's Spanish, obviously. Antonio Banderas? Yes, my man. That's why we're road buddies. <laughs> if those two, because I think their voices and the way they act is mm. top notch. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Bringing Out the Dead, underrated movie. Also, I was talking with someone the other day about The Game with Michael Douglas. Uh, another David Finchner movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was also brought up in Russian Doll. Where, yes. Like when she's first like realizing that the Dave's repeating. She, I she's love like, that she's reference. Like, like, wait a minute. This is The Game. I'm Michael Douglas. <laughs> I love that reference because it's like. It makes people forget that yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Another underrated movie. God. I, what would you say is like a recent underrated movie? I know we're getting a little off topic. A recent underrated movie. Yeah. That like people are like, no one really talks about it, but like, man. Honestly, because it's like you first, <laughs> movies need to come out. And very True. little movies come out nowadays. True. Not exactly sure. Knives Out, just because I saw this Knives trailer, out, trailer for the sequel. Definitely Knives Out is definitely one of those movies that came in waiting and shouldn't have. I saw the trailer for the sequel. I'm bumped for that. Big I'm, cast. Yeah, I, I'm really digging that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Also, there's that movie with Anya Taylor-Joy and Ralph Fiennes. They're like... Oh, uh, The Menu. The Menu. Yeah. That looks that intriguing. That I'm curious yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, I want to check that out too. Yeah, Knives Out, we could say, is the most recent underrated movie. I would movie. definitely put that as an underrated movie. Uh, Baby Driver is definitely an underrated movie. Baby Driver, movie. Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Did you like Last Night in Soho? I don't know if you I haven't seen it yet. Okay. It's on my queue. Okay. I got to get to it. Yeah. Any last second uh, controversial takes you want to throw at me? Um, I think we've beaten up our audience enough. <laughs> you know you know what's funny about these takes? They're not as controversial, but they are kind of a bit, you know, against the norm of public opinion. They're not super controversial, though, uh, would you say? I mean, um, Succession is overrated, I think, is not a lot of people would agree with me on that. No. With that. Uh, I'm just showing, looking at the award season, most people would not agree. Yeah. And, you know, All the right. Star Wars people. Here's my controversial one. It's real easy. Not a fan of Breaking Bad. 
Oh. So that's where we defer. I get it. Uh, do I, you, though? Well, my thing is, I think I just... Don't... And I've heard the excuse where... And I don't think people are like, oh, it doesn't get good until the second no, season. No, 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 no. I'm not even talking don't, about that. Don't, don't, because it's good in the beginning to end. To what me. kills me is that he had a chance to get the money for his treatments in second episode. He doesn't because of his pride. And that's when he decides to become a meth dealer. Like, also, I kind of just was not, a, I just didn't vibe with the show. I don't think it's a bad show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aware of like everyone just loves it because of the character arc and it's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think I have patience for it. I don't think I have patience for five seasons of a character arc. There was some cool stuff in the show, but I just. You are really for a limited series, I can tell. I, uh, yeah, I'm very much a limited Well, it's series, the yeah. way that HBO in particular is going. Mm-hmm. And, I'm uh, very happy that they're doing that. I really, so he, you gotta he, understand, there's a lot of pressure and it's a big time sink to go into yeah. the five season show. You know, it's. Yeah. But at the same time, there's going to be the pressure to make more seasons when you have the success of a oh, first I get season. It. Oh, I totally, yeah. you know, no, like, I get why they do it. Like, yeah. I'm not saying they should stop at five. No, listen, man, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and, and like, because like, for example, I could be okay with not another Obi Wan season. Yeah, me too. Even though I know, you know, it's Obi Wan. Like, it's Obi-Wan, you want to, yeah. you want to see Obi Wan, but I felt like they're reaching in one season to make six episodes. Yeah, how they, are you going to stretch they, it they out? Stretch, they were stretching that. How are you going to stretch mm-hmm. out another? You could obviously expand the Star Wars universe. Believe that for like Andor. That's a show I'm really excited for. That um, uh, anything they do, like I, you can't say. And you know I why? Can't say that, but... And you know why? Because the showrunner recently came out and said we are not going to do any fan service. So yeah. don't expect that. Yeah. And I was like, well, they Fuck say that. Yes. Well, we'll see until Disney says, ah, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> well, that's. The Thing with Disney, like you know, they get they right. get little Listen, fingers when in you, there. When you spend a few billion but, on an IP, you're gonna have an opinion about well, what you do with it. Well, <laughs> if I'm the showrunners for Andor, I'd be like, I'm gonna do this kind of like. Oh, I totally dig to doing like a like a grittier. They're gonna continue. It's more about it's, you it's know, the yeah. vibe of like Rogue One, where yeah. it's supposed to be darker and yeah. like more messed yeah. up. Yeah, which I'm totally down for. I think mm-hmm. that's a show I'd really be excited to see. Anything else, cool. Dan? I do have homework for you though. Okay, but make sure you at least give Industry or Archive 81 a chance. Oh, no, I'm definitely going to... Like I said, Industry is already on my queue Number one, those two you watch on your own, you don't need Sam. Yeah, that's exactly right. And definitely have to catch the bear at some point. That I And remember, that's half hour. I'm aware, but that's a pending show because we need help with that. So I started watching Welcome to Wrexham. Welcome to who? Uh, Wrexham, which is an FX docuseries. It's about the Welsh football team. That's already team. on my queue. Okay. I was going to say. That's already on my queue. Yeah. I have opinions about it because mm-hmm. I like this type of documentary series. It's not the kind of documentary I thought it was going to be. I saw the trailer and I was merely down for what they were trying to do, even though now you say that it's not that. But I think I kind of gather what it is about, especially because I know so much about European football in small towns. Yes. Specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, for example, Real Madrid, the biggest team in Spain, played a match in Scotland in Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. And it's a very small team, but the stadium is just like magical. Yeah. It's the best way I can describe it because yeah. they're fans mm-hmm. and that it's, fans, it's, it's a carry, community. Yeah. It's like a community, right? Um, so that's I all my, that's I, already on my What queue, I really yeah. like about the show is that it's giving a real introduction to football to Americans. Mm-hmm. In a way that they can understand, in a way that we can understand it, because like football has never taken off here, <sighs> but it, this show, this docu series, shows why this is such a big deal to these people, mm-hmm. and it's not a one off. Like this isn't just this one town, a bunch of crazies into a football team. It's like no, this is just how it is for all of them. Yeah. And that, that's the part where I was a little surprised that that's where the docu kind of goes. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, yeah, that, that's, that's your homework. De- that's definitely on my queue. The next show I was actually planning to watch, have you seen Severance yet? 
everyone keeps talking about this. I guess I have to watch it, right? <laughs> I'm going to watch Severance first. I'll be okay. honest with you. Because I initially was going to watch that and then I want to see Russian Doll first. So, and it's also, I think it's half hour episodes too. So mm-hmm. it should be a breeze for Severance. Yeah. Yeah. I will check in on Severance and then I'll hit up this doc series. Is it over or is it it's ongoing? Still, it's almost done. Oh, it's ongoing? It's okay. a weekly. Yeah, so I'll, I'll watch Severance. They release like two episodes a week. Okay. So, so I'll do Severance first cool. and I'll let you know. Or if you want to watch it same time, do whatever you want. Or, or I will report. I will, report I will report to you to see if it's even gotcha. worth it. I will um, absolutely try to get to Severance. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we got homework assignments. We, we went through yep. controversial hot takes, mm-hmm. if you will. But yeah, I think that was a that was a good episode. Yeah, I think and we're good. So yeah, everyone, you will see us next time on the Pixel Den. Later, guys. Later.